Let's run it all the way through so I don't really need a break, you know what I mean? Try to squeeze out as much as we can. Alright, welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us an incredible guest, Stephen Libman, the managing partner at Integrity Holdings Group. Stephen, how you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. I know you're a busy guy. So look, we don't have so much time. We love to jam-pack these episodes with as much valuable content as possible. So before we get into the what of what it is that you do, tell me about the who. Who is Stephen Libman? So I uh, graduated from Boston University in 2004. I started doing some sales jobs, got into real estate about 11 years ago. Um, well, we started our company 11 years ago. I was in real estate 15 years ago as a broker first, uh, an agent and then a broker, and uh, decided that instead of finding houses for people to flip, I could do it myself. Mm. So located some houses, started doing flipping, wholesaling, got into the residential space, built that business to uh, 150 flips a year. Nice. And realized, wow, this is really transactional, very highly paid, very highly taxed, and uh, it only pays you once. So, <clears throat> decided to get into the commercial space, um, married 14 years, three kids, seven, three, and one, um, you know, big into our church, big into nonprofits, big into philanthropy, but love helping other people create uh, their financial goals and their financial dreams. Very nice. So, what initially was it that got you started in real estate? I mean, I think like a lot of us, we know real estate. We can see it, touch it, feel it. Um, you know, my dad passed away um, seven and a half years ago. He lost half of his entire 401k in the stock market crash of wow. 708. And then he didn't live long enough to ride that back up. So, you know, the volatility of the market, people don't talk about it a lot, but you're on a roller coaster, right? It's musical chairs. And whenever your chair is out, you better hope you're up on top. And if you're not, then what happened to my dad happens to you where you lose half of your wealth that you've created through your entire life and you don't get to uh, pass that on and distribute that. So we're big into generational wealth creation. We want to create a good lifestyle for our kids, our grandkids, our great grandkids. And, um, you know, we're seeking out the least volatile asset classes to do that in. And uh, that's how we ended up finding real estate because it's historically more stable and less volatile and creates more millionaires than anybody else. That's right. There you go. Eight out of 10 millionaires in this country made that money through sticks and bricks. So I definitely agree with you right there. So look, you know, you had that transition right from single family to multi and and commercial. You know, I look at it. I also have a background similar to you. Single family, uh, you know, purchase, renovation, resale, essentially a flipper, or as I called it, you know, an adult daycare professional, which is essentially what it is, right? But I look That's at single right. family residential as a gateway drug into commercial. So tell us a little right. bit about that transition for you. Well, so for us, we were raising capital from private investors for our, to fund our fix and flips. We were doing, um, you know, some private money on that side of it. And as we were starting to diversify into the commercial stuff, it was pretty easy for us to go to our private lenders and say, hey, instead of me going to buy a duplex or a quad myself, 
there's this thing out there called syndication where mm -hmm. many hands make light work and we can pool our funds together and get into bigger properties. And um, everybody seemed to like that idea, especially after we started talking about the tax benefits that go along with it. And it was an easy transition for our private lenders to say, okay, we're going to diversify from residential into more commercial stuff. And our first project was a ground up 1,193 unit uh, self-storage complex in wow. Orlando, $12 million project, $4 million equity raise. And we brought in our residential investors and we said, hey, let's do this deal. You know, And uh, we're actually in the process of selling that right now. Wow, that's incredible. So what's it like for you now to be on the other side of things that as the developer, as the ground up guy? I mean, it's, it's fun. You know, we, we like to, um, it, our heart is really to help the passive investor create their goals, right? Like whatever that looks like for financial freedom for them, you know, this helps us, this gets us to help a lot more people in a shorter time frame. You know, now we have hundreds of investors with over, you know, we'll have $45 million of actual equity under management in the next 45 days or so. That's great. You know, so we've raised a lot of capital from a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. And all of those backgrounds and stories differentiate those people and what their goals are. And we can kind of let them know, hey, is this a fit for, for you or not? And then we get to educate exactly what we've learned, right? We didn't, we didn't grow up in this world where we were kind of born with a silver spoon in our mouths. You know, our first uh, $1,000 deposit check on a residential flip would have bounced if they cashed it. <laughs> and now we're doing, you know, we're in the in process of doing a $42 million acquisition. So we're just sharing that knowledge that we've grown over the last 15 years with other people because once you know it, you can't, you can't unring that bell, as they say. That's right. That is absolutely right. So it sounds like you know you wear a lot of different hats. Are you actually the individual that's managing the syndication, raising the capital, dealing with the project, dealing with distributions, running the numbers, doing everything all at once? Yeah, so our team is made up of five people. I have myself and my partner and my chief operating officer and then two support roles that are fantastic. But what we really do is kind of take the – it's funny. I have a podcast called Free from Wall Street. We kind of take the Wall Street-like approach in terms of being the private equity firm where we are specific to the investor. We're finding those relationships. We are raising that capital from private investors. We're managing the distributions. We're managing their portals we're, you know, so they can log in and see what the projects are that they're invested in. And then what we do is instead of being the operator and finding the deal flow and doing all of that side of the business, we partner with institutional operators. So the mm -hmm. people that are out there that have 20, 30, 40 years experience that have been funded by real estate investment trusts historically with amazing track records. Why would I build that out when I can just partner with those guys, right? We did that, by the way. We started as the ground up operator, right? And then doing the asset management and property management. And we learned very quickly that this is going to have to be a big company that we would have to build to manage all facets of that. So we said, well, we're really good at finding the money. Let's Focus on the investors. Let's focus on the capital. And then when we have the capital, we'll go to these institutional operators and say, hey, we're ready to fund a deal of yours. And we do the homework on the operator. We do the homework on the underwriting. We do the homework on kind of – we're investors first. So we look at the deal. What is gonna, what's going to be my money doing? And why do we like this deal? Why do we like this operator? Why do we like this geography? Why do we like this asset? And then once we say, yes, we would invest in this deal, we do. And then we bring our investors along for the ride. Very nice. So that partnership allows you to really expand and do quite a bit more. 
Now, as, as a Absolutely. syndicator, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Well, one, people have to know, like, and trust you. And I think the biggest piece of that is, well, I'll ask you, what do you think out of know, like, and trust is the most important piece of that? I would think that, the, well, it's a really good, I think it's kind of a trick question. My gut would tell me that the trust <laughs> is the most important, but if people don't know you, they're not going to be able to like or trust you. And that's 100% the right answer is, you know, trust obviously needs to be there. But if people don't even know about you, how can they get to like you? How can they get to trust you? So right. it's a process. You know, there's there's not a light switch where somebody's going to make a phone call with me and say, oh, let me give you my life savings or let me give you a hundred grand. Forget about my life savings. I mean, any amount of money. We all work very hard for our money. We spend time away from our families to trade that time for money so that we can invest and hopefully do better for our families that way. And if somebody's going to write us a check, they really have to know us, like us, and trust us. So, you know, that is just kind of sales 101. You know, some of the challenges that we've experienced is, um, you know, f figuring out that we shouldn't be all things to all people, right? Really mm -hmm. just being ourselves and being authentic and knowing that we, we can cast a wide net, but really it's the people that want to invest with us because of our purpose, because of why we do what we do. Um, not necessarily just kind of that shotgun approach of trying to find everybody that fits our mold. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Now, Stephen, how do you relate your business goals to your personal goals? So they're, they're uniquely intertwined. I mean, we sit down at the end of every single year and we go through our personal goals, business goals. And, you know, one, one of my mentors told me a long time ago, the business is there to support your family, not the other way around. And we try to make sure that we keep that pyramid in the right alignment. You know, the, the business is there to support my family. The business is there to support other people, not the other way around. So, you know, when guys tell me that they're killing themselves 80 to 100 hours a week but not spending any time with their family, um, you know, maybe their goals are not aligned as well as they should be, right? And so we just make sure that in all aspects we're looking at it as kind of a um, – the tops of the waves, are we doing this so that we get this and how are those mm -hmm. things working together? Because I, I don't care, I could have the best business in the world, but if my kids think I'm a terrible dad, then I'm failing. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So how do you personally like to give back? Yeah, so this is the heart behind the business actually. So we, you know, our tagline is invest with purpose and we were literally trying to figure out how do we give more abundantly through this business without maybe making it there right? The quote unquote there. I think everybody has this mindset of when I get here, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to wait 10 years so that we could give more abundantly. So literally just praying one day, how do I figure this out? And you know, the way that we do it in our business was revealed to us pretty, pretty simply, right? Was, well, just partner in every deal that you do in a way to give back. So we have um, a nonprofit that's built into every single deal that we do that kind of creates passive income for them as a percentage of ownership. Really? It goes directly to that nonprofit. And over the last 24 months, we've partnered with five or six different nonprofits, which will produce over seven figures in giving over the next five years for just those organizations. Very nice. And we partner with a new one on every single deal moving forward. You know, so that's kind of the impact investing piece and the why behind what it is that we do. It's nice to make passive income. It's nice to have tax deferred gains. It's all, you know, all of that is wonderful. But 
we're finding that more and more the tribe of people that invest with us, they love the return profiles that they're getting. And they also like the fact that we take a little bit out of every single deal out of our side of the pie, uh, of the pie not to affect their returns so that we can really give um, – more abundantly in increasing measure to all of these different nonprofits. So that's why we do what we do. That's incredible. I love it. That's really great. So listen, you've been in the industry for a long time. You've been around the block. You've done a lot of different things. If you could go back in time, knowing everything that you know now, what advice would you give yourself and what would you do differently? I mean, I think everybody's advice is similar. Start sooner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't wait. Don't get analysis paralysis. It's uh, you know find people that are doing it already. Learn from them, and then don't try to rep. You know you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You, you just replicate what's already working. You know so the first five years of our business, we kind of put ourselves out on an island and said, oh, this is how we have to figure this out. But there are already people out there doing it better than we were, right? There's nothing new under the sun. So find people that are doing what you want to do and just replicate the process. Um, that's the first part of your question. The second part, again, was? Well, the second part was what, would you, what lessons did you learn? What would you do differently? What advice would you give yourself? Yeah, so really finding those mentors. Um, and then what to do differently would just be just more education, right? More reading of books about tax codes and things. I mean, it took us almost 10 years to realize that we didn't have to pay income tax. Well, if if Uncle Sam is your number one partner in your business, um, figuring out how to reduce your taxable liability is something that can really change the ability to, to build wealth generationally. And that was an aha moment for me, recognizing that the tax code was not a book of rules waiting to get me in trouble, but a playbook at, as to how to run my business and pay less taxes. And once that epiphany happened, you know, then we started looking into those different business models that would allow for that. Awesome. Yeah, those are great pieces of advice. Have a mentor, continue to educate yourself, learn, read, grow. I love it. Well, anything else that you want to close with? Any other words of wisdom? I feel like you've added a lot of value to our viewers, and I wanted to see if there's anything else you wanted to kind of hit home with. No, I mean, I think, you know, to wrap everything up is one, you have to find your why. I mean, whether it's real estate or whether it's barber shopping, like you got to figure out why you like to do what you do. And if real estate is enticing to you, there's plenty of people in the space that are willing to give of their time, effort, and energy to assist you. You know, that was one thing that I was shocked to find is that people that were doing 100, 200, 300 million dollars worth of deals were willing to take my phone call and share with me how they did it. And, you know, this community is very giving. So go find those people, see if you can add value to those people and watch how they turn around and bless you. There you go. I love it. Listen, Stephen Libman, managing partner at Liberty at Integrity Holdings Group. Appreciate you joining us. This is a really a great time. I really love everything that you've said. I love that you're giving back. I love your why. And I just appreciate you sharing this time with us. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you having me on. All the best to you. Yep. I'm Dan Lukowitz. This is another great episode of Dan on Top. <laughs>